0: Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast. My name is DJ Short and I'm back here with my co-host Drew Silva. We're live on Twitch right now, so welcome to our audience there. If you're listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording Thursday, September 1st at right around 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Pretty interesting day, September 1, not quite like it's been in the past where you have tons of players on 40-man rosters being called up. Roster's being expanded from 26 players to 28. It's a little different uh, than we've seen in the past. Um, also, the Mets and the Dodgers finished off a series, a three-game series. Uh, the Mets took it today, but three really close, good games um, with a packed house at Citi Field. I was there for the first game, which they lost. Uh, I'm obviously bad luck because they won the next two. Um, and especially the game on on Wednesday – just the crowd was so pumped, and Timmy Trumpet was there, which was awesome. Uh, and got to play Edwin Diaz into the game. That catch by Brandon Nimmo, it just had a playoff atmosphere. And if that's a preview of like the NLCS, like we have, we have definitely have a treat in store, I think.
1: Yeah, I went to Braves Cardinals last weekend, and I went to the Friday game, which was. The Cardinals lost eleven to four, and they would win the next two. So we had a, a similar experience yeah. in that regard. But that was also an awesome atmosphere. It's been a great couple of weeks in baseball, yeah. Where these these awesome teams are kind of rising to the top, and the the not so good teams are are kind of sinking to the bottom. But yeah, we've gotten some previews of of what's to come in October, and there's some really good teams out there. I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun, and who knows what to expect?
0: Yeah, there's. There, in my mind, there's four really good teams in the National League, and I think we just cover them. You know, it, yeah. it's the Dodgers and that's the Braves and the Cardinals who really turned things on recently um, and look look great. Uh, I, I wonder, you know, I, I wonder what you think, Drew. Do you think the Cardinals are, are peaking at the wrong time?
1: Don't say that to me.
0: <laughs> I, I, I said that the other day, and I feel like maybe it's true. I don't know.
1: Um. Actually, no, I would say no, because I think, I mean, I, I don't see any reason for this to be derailed as the famous, theme, yeah. famous last words, but like, you know, Ho- Jose Quintana's had a couple of bad outings. Jordan Montgomery's had one bad outing. I think they're kind of working through it. They're going to get Jack Flaherty back um, yeah. on Monday against the nationals. he, Struck out nine batters, worked into the seventh inning in his final rehab start, hit like 99 miles an hour with his fastball, which he hasn't done right. since 2018 or so. Um, so I, I think they can actually be better than they've been. Tyler O'Neill has started to hint that yeah. he's like the guy that he was last year. He had an amazing September last year. That's what got him those down-ballot MVP votes. He had an incredible finish to the season. And if they can get that and, and have, like, five behemoths in that lineup, um, I think Lars Nupar has just continued to do what, what yeah, he's, he's been, been doing. Um, they probably need to bench Yadier Molina. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. Um, and well, he's just an old catcher who has a lot of tread on his tires, and maybe his thoughts are elsewhere.
0: Uh, yeah, I actually have a question for you about that. So, yeah. a couple of weekends ago, Yadier, uh left to watch his basketball team.
1: Mm-hmm. Normal stuff.
0: Yeah. In the middle of a season where they're fighting for a division. I know he has like the gravitas and the clubhouse, I guess, to like pull that off. But like, how? How does that happen?
1: I don't know. So Ben Fredrickson, who's the columnist for the Post-Dispatch, talked to some people in the Cardinals organization who would not go on the record, but who were very confused and not happy about it. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know who those people were. I, I doubt it was Mosey or Michael Gersh, their GM, but I, I'm maybe like at the, maybe when they were negotiating to have him come back for another year, it was like, well, I've got other interests. I've got these yeah. businesses in Puerto Rico. And if I need to like go home, you guys have to allow me to do that. Maybe they discussed that beforehand. Yeah. I get probably. the, maybe, I don't know. I get the vibe. They kind of didn't. And mm-hmm. He's just – he hasn't been very good all year. I think his well, – Yeah. True. I mean, he's been really bad offensively. And I think his defense, even going back to last year, has, has gotten pretty lazy, um, which I hate to say about the guy. I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer, you know, whether his numbers are there or not. I think he's, he gets in. Um, I, I it, it probably just comes down to he is not really that impactful of a player right now. And I don't think any of the players really care about it. Yeah. I, like they, they're like to him. He's you know he he kind of runs the clubhouse, and if he wants to to leave the clubhouse for a bit, it's okay. But I, I would bet some people in the Cardinals organization, like Ben Fredrickson said, are, are just confused by the whole situation. Like a lot of people are. If he was really having a impactful season, then I'm sure it would have been a but much cool. bigger story. It's yeah, it's, de- it's definitely weird though, for sure.
0: His replacement may very well have done better. You know what I mean? I don't think there's a big separation at this point, so it doesn't really. No, matter that Andrew, much, other
1: than yeah. the optics being strange. Yeah, Andrew Kisner's been okay. He's yeah. nothing special. I would like to see Yvonne. I wish they kind of would have put Yvonne Herrera more into the mix when they had the opportunities to, because he's a legitimate prospect um, who's put in some time at AAA, and I, I I would like to see him get an extended opportunity. But I don't know. The way that manager Ollie Marmol has talked about it, and he's pretty blunt about his the performance of his players, which I, I kind of find refreshing. Um he's like he's put you know the vo- votes of confidence after votes of confidence that we're gonna keep playing Yachty and we believe that he's gonna have a big you know f- finish for us. So we'll see. But it, it doesn't seem like that's in the cards actually, that he that he has anything left offensively. Like he it his at bats are hard to watch.
0: Yeah. Um, and even, you know, a couple of years ago, it was interesting that he was still in the middle of the lineup there. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been.
1: At least they're not doing that anymore.
0: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Uh, so with today's show, we are going to talk about uh, September call ups. Interesting names that we've seen called up in the past day or two. We'll get into the ones that maybe we think are mixed league relevant uh, for this final month of the season uh, before we do that, just a quick uh, note for our listeners here. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff. Coverage presented by Uber Eats. Catch the Blue Jays take on the Pirates in Pittsburgh this Sunday at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on Peacock. It's our final Peacock game of the season. Uh, definitely check it out. To learn more, go to peacocktv.com slash MLB. And if you want a chance to win 25,000 on the game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. So like I said, roster's expanding to 28 players, um, up from 26, uh, which is the set number at this point. Uh, So a number of interesting players. We saw Gunnar Henderson uh, called up uh, this week, not on September 1, but, but just before. Hit a home run in a second major league at bat and the helmet flies off. The hair is <laughs> flowing around the bases. Uh, it was a really cool moment. Um, add him into the mix there with Adley Rushman and uh, the youngsters on that roster. That is a pesky Orioles team. Um, and with Henderson, you know, we talked so much about Rushman going into the year, but Henderson is one of the top prospects in baseball at this point. And given all the graduations of prospects, you know, some people think he might be the best prospect in baseball, still prospect, uh, or rookie eligible prospect eligible player. Uh, and he has some prospect pedigree as well, former second round pick in 2019. So there were high expectations there and he certainly matched them, uh, this year between double A and triple A at 297, 416 on base percentage, 531 slug. 19 homers, 21 steals over 112 games uh, between uh, A AA and A this year. We saw Corbin Carroll called up over the weekend uh, by the Diamondbacks. And he, he is a burner. He is, yeah. he's unbelievable. Um, and he's the whole package, you know, basically a five tool type of player, five category type of player. Um, and you could say that for, for Henderson as well. But, given, you know, Carroll's an outfielder, Henderson, you know, shortstop, middle infield. If you had to pick one for the remainder of the year, let's say you had one open spot, um who would you who would you take, Drew? Wow.
1: What a what a question. I see them pretty similarly and I think yeah. their skill sets are pretty similar. Maybe because Henderson is it seems like he's going to play all around the diamond for the Orioles like Third, he's he debuted at third base. He's playing shortstop tonight. Stole his first career base tonight. His first career stolen base after yeah. hitting his first career home run in his debut. Um, maybe if if he gets that multi position eligibility, um, like third base, shortstop, second base, uh, that would be obviously just put him give him a leg up over Corbin Carroll. Oh man. I don't know. Corbin Carroll is probably a bit more ready. I think. I, yeah. and, and I, I love what we've seen from Gunnar Henderson so far, man, that he made a play at shortstop tonight where he dives for a ball, pops to his feet, throws it 89.3 miles per hour across the diamond for the out. Mm-hmm. So just these guys are so toolsy and I, I view them in the same way. I'm going to, I'm going to say Corbin Carroll just a little bit higher Um in that I I'm pretty sure he's going to play every day. Probably Henderson will too. I, d- I don't have a good answer for this question. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm see.
0: Carol was benched against a left-hander. I think two nights ago, Maybe uh, last hand, night, Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday night. Um, We'll see if that continues. I, I mean, given where the Diamondbacks are, they might as well just plan against lefties. That that's strange to me. I also think the Orioles could mix and match with, henderson and and sit certain days they they are that kind of team who would do that um so i think they're kind of probably even playing time wise at this point in the year i think i'm i'm more set with like shortstop middle infielder types than outfield i feel like i'm always looking for like an extra player to put in there especially if you're like in a five outfielder format um so I would say Carol gets the nod for me, but they're both very, very exciting.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I think I, I think we're thinking in the same direction with that question. They should both be like franchise cornerstone type players, and you know, it's it's scary to put that kind of hype on a prospect, and sometimes it doesn't work out. But these two guys, they look like the real deal. And man, I, we were talking it was it with Sarah Langs when we were talking about that 2019 draft. Yep. It just keeps giving and yeah, you're giving. Right.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh,
1: it's, I think it's going to go down in history. It's like one of the great drafts. And certainly th- these are early returns, but a lot of these guys have, who've been called up from the first and second round of that draft are real, like high impact players immediately.
0: Yeah. So we have a long list of, of call ups, maybe not super long, but definitely some fantasy relevant names to know here. Ken Waldachuk is, is one. Um, was traded to the A's and the Frankie Montas deal, you know, from the Yankees uh, made his major league debut Thursday against the nationals. I caught a little bit of it and he was wild at times. Uh, he ended up giving up just one run in, in four and two thirds innings, but he walked four batters um, 57 out of 93 pitches for strikes uh, topped out at 97 miles per hour. Um, control was shaky, but you know, I'm not going to look too much into that for a major league debut. If you remember Waldichuk last year in the Yankees system, he had a breakout year. And I think a lot of people were wondering how sustainable it was, but he's been great this year as well. Uh, 284 ERA over 21 starts between double and triple A, 137 strikeouts, 36 walks and 95 innings. Um, And since, you know, he's had this sort of prospect breakout, uh, he's added some velocity as well. So I think he's legitimately exciting um, as a fantasy starter. You know, there's not a straight line of progress with, you know, prospect pitchers. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of run support for Waldich in the near future, but uh, I, I think he's a name to watch here moving forward.
1: Another 2019 draft guy, fifth round out of St. Mary's in, in California. Yeah, I didn't get to see any of it, actually. I was on on our news Uh, running our player news today as a a lot of these September call-ups were coming in. So right when I got off, I just like chilled out and then went for a little bike ride. Um, So I didn't didn't get to see any of that. But like the swing and miss that he's showed in the minors the last two years has been fantastic. That's what you you bank on. And the control hasn't been awful. Like you would like to see some improvement in that area. Um, But the numbers tell me that he's going to be a a pretty – High impact pitcher, maybe with some volatility in there, and yep. you know, pitching for the A's, I don't think they're going to be any better next year than they they were this year. Sad to say, yeah. Um, I but but I I, I think that maybe that allows him to definitely like be in the running for an opening day rotation spot. Um, it's nice that he's gotten in a, a pretty substantial workload in the minors this year. Like maybe yeah. he he can be like their number two pitcher. It'll be like him and Cole Irvin going into next year guys that can, can cover some yeah. innings. Um, so I'm intrigued that I think definitely when it comes around time next spring, I don't know if he's going to be someone that I would draft, but certainly someone that's yeah. on my watch list going into the year, he's going to be around like pick number 300. If, if you're in like a, a deep league, a guy to take a chance on because he has that swing and miss ability. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm totally into a guy that's going to strike out hundred, you know, Post a twelve point something caper nine in the minors, and and try to replicate that in the majors. He he did face the Nationals. Uh,
0: yeah.
1: You know, it's that's like a minor league team. He he probably faced some better lineups at Triple A than than what the Nationals put out there today. Even even though, hey, that the Nats did win with uh, Joey Manessis. Is that how you mm-hmm. say his last name? I don't. I still I don't even know so. how to say his last name. He's got like a eleven hundred OPS yeah, over his at a, as a thirty year old rookie. Um, yeah, great I, I, story. I lo- yeah, I love a late bloomer. And and I think he he might as well be their everyday right fielder going into next year, which is crazy. He's got better yeah. numbers than Juan Soto. <laughs> uh
0: yeah, we'll see about that. Uh so well, the Chuck's next matchup is against the Braves, so you're not using him. No. Uh in a mixed league for that that matchup. So one that happened, one call up that happened uh earlier this evening, Thursday evening. So the Yankees have called up Oswald Peraza. um, Another one of these prospects who I think can make a legit impact in in a mixed league. Um, 22 years old, shortstop second base experience. You look at the middle infield for the Yankees this season. I mean, throw them out there. Like let's, let's see. They just haven't gotten a lot of production there. Um, And Peraza, look, if you look at the overall numbers, uh, in the minors this year, they're not incredibly impressive, I would say. Yeah, they're weird. Um, but he got off to a brutal start uh, this year in AAA, and has perked up like substantially over the past couple of months. He's hitting two eighty three with an eight thirty eight OPS over his last sixty-nine games. So he was at his nadir, you know, in in early June, and has been pretty much what you would expect. Uh, since then, 18 homers, 33 steals, over 98 games in AAA this year. A very familiar name to those who follow prospects. Um, but for me, I, I think the playing time is going to be there. He's a top prospect. I don't think the Yankees are calling him up to sit him. So, you know, if you're not getting some of these other guys uh, that we've mentioned earlier, um, you know, I think Peraz is super interesting.
1: Yeah, they're they're kind of desperate for for a spark right now in the yeah. Bronx. And he seems like the kind of guy that can bring it again. Like the, the numbers scream, like there's going to be a lot of inconsistency, but it also screams. There's a ton of tools here overall at triple a 106 career games at that level, 19 home runs and 35 stolen bases, you know, also a three twenty-eight on base percentage. Um, you know, there's some swing and miss there. He doesn't draw a ton of walks, but I mean the speed and the power is, is what you look for. I, I sometimes feel bad that we like just, we talk up all of these young players based off their triple A numbers. Like, you you know, some of these guys are are going to bust and, and not be very useful in fantasy, especially if you're, you know, right now you're lining up for fantasy playoffs and you want yeah. guys that are a sure thing. And it's hard to really say that any of these young call-ups are going to be a sure thing. Um, but certainly intrigued by, by the raw tools that Peraza has and, yeah, I, I agree with you that the situation is there that they might as well play him every day and see what happens. Maybe give him a week of of like, you know, he's playing five of six games in that week. And if he shows well, he can he can take any, you know, he can take the shortstop or second base job if he wants to.
0: Yeah, another one uh who was called up uh today, Estuary Ruiz with the uh with the Brewers Bruce. uh came over in that Josh Hader, Hader trade with the Padres. He's just put up video game like numbers this season in the minors. It's, it's insane. Uh, 332 batting average, 450 on base percentage, 523 slug over 99 games. in the minors this year, 13 homers, 70 stolen bases in 99 games, (laughs) uh, 10 steals in 22 games, uh, with the Brewers, triple a affiliate. So he's still been running wild, uh, since joining the Brewers organization. And I think there's opportunity there as well. Um, Garrett Mitchell was recently called up, and he's added a bit of a spark. But I think Ruiz could play and, and make, a, make a difference here. Maybe not quite as solid, uh, you know, n- maybe not quite as assured of playing time as some of these other, you know, position players you mentioned so far. Uh, but I definitely think he's a name to watch too.
1: Yeah, I mean, Yankees fans probably won't like to hear it, but the Yankees are secured of a postseason spot. And I mean, if if they lose their grip on the AL East, which I don't think they will, they'll probably be a wild card. And I, I think they're gonna win the AL East. Um yes. but but the Brewers are not. They're six games back of the Cardinals in the central. Um they are what are they two and a half games back right as of right now for the third NL wild card behind the Padres and the Phillies. So they're desperate and they need offense. And I, I don't know what to believe with this dude. He he kind of just burst onto the radar mm-hmm. this year. He had a 739 OPS at AA in 2021, a 657 OPS at high A ball in, in 2019. Always had the speed, always has has had crazy stolen base numbers. Um, but for the, the batting line that he's showing right now between AA and AAA this year, I, I don't know. I, I don't trust it, but... Like you were hinting at, the situation is there where the the Brewers might as well give him a look, give him something close to everyday playing time. I wonder if he's going to be more of like a super utility man. I know he can play some middle infield and some outfield, um, but if he gets hot, if he shows well out of the gate, and that's exactly what the what the Brewers need, I, I bet he's going to get more playing time. I feel like I'm just speaking in cliches right now because I, I don't I don't really know how any of this stuff is going to shake out.
0: Yeah, we have a couple of people asking about out. Michael Toglia with the Rockies. Man, another guy. Yeah, um, big time power, uh, big time swing and miss as well. I think his his strikeout rate was around thirty uh, percent this year in AAA, which is not super encouraging. Um, you know, making that jump to the majors. You know, when the Rockies are at home, maybe yep. take a shot in a deeper league.
1: They've been uh, on a long road trip, but I, I, yeah, they, they return home for, I think like, I, I don't know, the entire, the entirety of next week, at least. I think it's like a nine game homestand.
0: So that's a, that's a decent time to, to give it a whirl. Uh, but like you were saying, you know, we are going into fantasy playoffs. Um, and if you're in a head to head situation, do you want to go with an unproven guy who struck out 30% of the time in AAA? I don't know if this is the time for that, you know? Uh, and I think in the past, we've been like, you know, you have to take September numbers with a grain of salt because all these call-ups and uh, you're, you're seeing, you know, maybe not the best uh, competition as far as, you know, rookie pitchers, bullpen pitchers who are kind of fringe major leaguers. That may not be the case this year because the rosters aren't as expanded as much as they've been in the past.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at the thirty home runs this year in the minors, and and the course Field effect, and the Rockies returning home next week, again another two thousand nineteen draft guy. Uh, yeah, I'd play him when when they're at home, and if he's getting regular action, then and 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 the Rockies might as well give him everyday at bats down the stretch. Yeah. And so, I, I'm I'm into it. I you know power is a is a huge thing that you're looking for for the, at this time of year, and he seems like a guy that maybe could deliver it I, I would be scared that he's going to have a lot of 0 for 4 3 strikeout nights um, as yeah. he gets his first taste of the majors but maybe it it, it swings the other way and yeah uh, if, if, the, if the Rockies are playing at home and, and you've got a chance to put them in like a weekly or daily lineup I,
0: I, I'd be all about it speaking of 0 for 4 3 strikeout nights the Tigers have brought back Spencer Torkelson
1: oh no I didn't even see what he did
0: Uh. No, I'm just saying his first okay. year in the majors did not go well. <laughs> so he hit 197 with a 577 OPS uh, over 83 games in the majors this year. Um, so very disappointing. And the numbers in the minors weren't great either after that that demotion, but he did swing the bat uh, better in August. So that's that's a good sign. I'm sure the Tigers are going to play him as much as possible down the stretch here is hopefully, you know, there's some – peace of mind going into the off season some confidence uh as he goes into 2023 because i'm sure the tigers are going to give him every opportunity to win uh, an everyday role next season let's say next week you know Toglia is playing you know seven games at Coors. would you rather pick up him over torkelson for next week
1: man yeah i'd rather go with toglia me too isn't that sad
0: it is kind of sad. It's, but, I mean, Torkelson can still turn out to be a stud. I, I'm not giving up on him at all. But
1: I know, and I like to check my recency biases. But I, I think, I think that's the answer. I, I think Torkelson needs to kind of put this year behind him. Um, I, I wouldn't trust him much down the stretch. I know he didn't actually play this afternoon. I, ch- I checked that box score to see how bad he, how bad he did, and he just, he didn't play. So maybe he only plays against lefties. And they try mm-hmm. to give him a little hint of success the rest of the way. Um, but I, I think this is going to be steering toward 2023. And, and maybe when we reevaluate re- him at that point, there's going to be a lot to like because he had a lot of pressure on him coming into the year. A lot went wrong for the Tigers. There was a lot on his shoulders. And, you know, you know, the pedigree is still there. He's a talented hitter. Somehow he like just lost a bunch of bat speed. Maybe there was an injury there that we don't know about. Um I don't know. It's it's hard to it's hard to gauge what exactly went wrong for Spencer Torkelson.
0: So the Dodgers called up Miguel Vargas, uh, their top uh, third base prospect, but he's also had time in left field. He could be a DH. Uh, it seems like he's essentially auditioning for maybe a role on the postseason roster. I don't think he's going to play a ton if everyone's healthy here. So he is exciting. Uh 304 batting average, 404 on base in AAA this year, 17 homers, 16 steals, over 113 games in AAA. Certainly a name to watch going into 2023, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of fantasy impact with him. Uh, D.L. Hall called up by the Orioles. Um, I love the stuff, but the control is is a bit worrisome at this point.
1: He's going to work in relief too.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to get a lot of fan- fantasy relevancy there. Uh, Spencer Steer came to the Reds in the Tyler uh, Malley deal from the Twins. He's pretty interesting, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. And C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic was saying he, he expects him to play every day. And coming from a fan who was just watching a series against the Reds, you know, like uh, on Wednesday night, when you get into extra innings and there's a runner on second base, there's you know some weird strategy involved. Like you play five-man infields and mm-hmm. you might walk a, a batter if, if you can get to someone else in the lineup because you have an open base and there's one out or two outs and you set up a double play. Um, it, it brings in that interesting element of strategy. And watching the Reds lineup and as it turns over, you're like, who would you – like, all right, Jonathan Indy is coming up. He's mm-hmm. their best player. Like that's yeah. and he's not having a very good year coming off that rookie of the year last year.
0: Yeah. He's been hurt a lot.
1: So like they, yeah, they, they want, so why not play this guy every day down the stretch? And he, he yeah, he, I mean like minus yeah.
0: Joey Votto, there's like nothing in that lineup. It's kind of, when you see that lineup, you're like, what is this? You I know? don't know.
1: Jake Fraley and TJ Friedel and Mike Moustakas is back on the IL. He's never not going on the IL. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Um, Donovan Solano's been a bust. Nick Senzel, we had high hopes for him, but it's not. Colin Moran they're playing for some reason.
0: Yeah, it's uh, just a really rough lineup. So, I, yeah, I mean, I think they should give him every every opportunity to play. Uh, power, on-base skills, uh, better against lefties than righties in the minors, so I think that's worth watching as we think kind of long-term for him. Uh, but, yeah, opportunities there. We know it's a favorable home ballpark, so I, I think he's a he's a player you could definitely give a shot to. And I think one name we should get to know, uh, maybe from a fantasy perspective, but more, for me, real-life perspective, uh, Cody Morris with yeah, the Guardians. Dude. He's been hurt a lot of the year. He had a, a Terra's major muscle strain, uh, which I think is like the upper back Um it's the Corey Kubel area. or
1: Corey Kubel. Yeah, Corey <laughs> Corey, I can't even
0: say Try it again. Corey Kluber.
1: Kluber. Um, <laughs> My brain's fried from writing up 6,000 transactions today.
0: Morris's numbers in the minors this year are ridiculous. Uh, 211 ERA, 39 strikeouts, just six walks, in 21 in the third innings. I think the Guardians are probably going to use him out of the bullpen here, which is already a really good bullpen. But if he pitches well down the stretch, and the Guardians make the playoffs. He's a name we could see be an impact pitcher, potentially. So definitely file that name away. I don't think it's much from uh, a fantasy perspective this year. But uh, a name for 2023 and beyond, uh, I think, could be interesting. So uh, we have talked a lot, 30 minutes about September call-ups, which is it's pretty cool. But I want to get into something real quick. Yeah, um, We're going to give some – uh, weekend streamers as well before we go, but uh, Justin Verlander and Shane McClanahan, both on the injured list right now. Verlander has had an amazing year. Uh, 184 ERA in 24 starts. You know, coming off Tommy John surgery uh, at that advanced age, I think, what is he, 39? Yeah. Um, Shane McClanahan's been great. 220 ERA in 24 starts. 182 strikeouts. He's been wonderful. So Verlander is the favorite. He has this uh, calf injury, which doesn't seem to be, you know, a long-term thing necessarily. I would think that the Astros want to give him at least one or two starts before the playoffs begin. But, you know, does the missing this time impact the Cy Young Canada? See, he is the big-time favorite. I was just looking at FanDuel. He's minus 260 right now. Dylan Cease is actually next in line at plus two seventy. Dennis McClanahan McClanahan has this left shoulder impingement. With him, I'm a little more concerned that this is a could be a longer term issue.
1: Yeah, the Rays are playing it down, but a shoulder in a pitcher like that, I'd be worried. I mean, I was thinking the other night, the Rays are like the opposite of that Angels and tungsten O'Doyle tweet. You know. Yes. Like, uh, uh Shoei Otani did something no pitcher has done since the Civil War and the Angels lost right. 11. Like, the Rays are without their franchise cornerstone shortstop since May. Um They don't have Tyler Glass now the entire year. They've got very little from Shane Boz. Uh, they lose Shane McClanahan, and they just keep on winning. And they, they are, like, chasing down the Yankees in the ALE somehow. Um, I don't know how they do it <laughs> like it's
0: you yeah, say incredible. that every year and, and they always end for the year' like without a closer and they still manage to have a good bullpen you
1: look at the roster you're like how no that why why is their over under win total 93 it's like and then the the year plays out and they just get it done i don't I don't really understand it um Jason Adam like comes out and has one of the most dominant relief seasons in, in recent memory they, this this stuff always happens um but yeah th- for the AL Cy Young, I think it's I think Verlander wins out here. I I, I think he's going to miss two turns, and it might be good for him that he misses two turns. He is a 39 year old, and this is a legitimate calf strain. It's not like a phantom IL stint. Yeah. Um, so so maybe it takes him longer to recover. Like we've Mike Trout's calf strain from last year, like the longest calf strain absence in history. Maybe it it kind of becomes a lingering thing, and he and he tries to to return too quickly. But the Astros have a huge lead in the AL West, and they don't really need to rush him back. They're going to prepare for October. Maybe that is affects- one hundred and
0: fifty-two innings pitched for Burlander Enough. That's not a lot.
1: No, it's not. I like I like the cease odds where they are. I, right. I think I
0: like cease too. If I if I was going to do any. Um, you know dark I, I don't even know if he's a dark horse he's plus he's not, 270 yeah. mcclanahan's plus 1500 this is again this is on fanduel i looked real quick uh shohei otani plus 2500 Framber valdez kind of interesting Framber valdez I, I i feel like nobody's talking about him uh plus 3000 i still wouldn't think that he would win i think the smart play would be cease here because yes. he's active and his numbers are still really good even if he's Trailed off a tiny bit.
1: And the White Sox are they need wins. They need and I, I actually feel like Lance Lynn had one of his best start like definitely his best start of the year the other night. The, the, the White Sox could still make a push. And you know, shout out, I hope Tony LaRusse is in good health, but maybe that kind of that distraction of people just harping on LaRusse all, all year. Maybe that yeah. he's not with the team anymore. It's, I don't think he's going to be with the team for a while. Like he, he's gone back to his offseason home in Arizona because of a heart condition. Maybe right. that helps them kind of settle in to where it doesn't. They, they can take some pressure off. It's, it's not like the Guardians or Twins are going to run away with this in September. That, that, that division is still winnable for the White Sox if they can go on a little bit of a run. They haven't done it all year. We've been waiting for it, but. Um, that would factor into the narrative if Cease gets it done. He's going to have probably six more starts compared to maybe Verlander only gets three. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I am looking at points, but it's plus two fifty for Dylan Cease. I I would I would throw some action at that.
0: Yeah, I like that too. Um, and speaking of the NL, uh, you know, I think it's Sandy Alcantara's award at this point. But Tony Gonsolin's been fantastic this year. And now there's question. Yeah, about, did you see that news yeah. today? Yeah, yeah. Um, forearm strain. The Dodgers are saying he hasn't progressed as well as they would have hoped. So he's going to go undergo an MRI, actually on Friday, uh, September second, and I guess we'll learn a bit more about where that's trending. But to me, that's that's a dark cloud over. Uh, really the Dodgers' plans. I I think they were going to move to a six-man rotation here because Kershaw's back. Um,
1: How many times have we heard that since we've been doing this job? Oh, we're going to do a six-man rotation, and then –
0: It never happens if someone gets (laughs) hurt. Uh, Dustin May's back. So, like, they were going to, I guess, go that route. Um, But, yeah, at at this point, if I'm thinking, like, fantasy-wise, I wouldn't expect to have Godslin back. September. No. Um, they
1: they were hoping it sounds like it sounds like they were hoping he was going to resume throwing this afternoon and when he wasn't feeling up to it because i remember that the night that it happened on monday night uh, he gets scratched from that start and placed on the injured list he was like yeah this doesn't even need an mri i'm gonna rest for a couple of days and then i'll be back at it and then for him to still be in some discomfort a couple of days later it's like all right you're going for that mri and I worry that it's it's gonna be a legitimate forearm strain and legitimate forearm strains take you know five to eight weeks for pitchers yeah. sometimes. And so that, yeah, this could be a lengthy absence where it's possible we don't even see him again the rest of the year, like even into October and even into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and it's a team that's already down, Walker Bueller. I mean they they,
1: they seem pulled. to be fine. Yeah, but.
0: They're they're probably gonna be fine anyway. Uh, my concern with the Dodgers is the back end of their bullpen as we get to the postseason because it is not uh, – it's not sturdy. Uh, that That's for sure.
1: I keep saying – I've said it to, to you multiple times that, that I – I don't feel like the Dodgers are actually this big of a juggernaut that their record mm. would suggest and their run differential would suggest. Maybe I'm projecting as a Cardinals fan, but there – you can poke holes in that team – as much as you can poke holes in any team that's going to, well, not any team, but you know, like the, the top five in the power rankings, I think I don't, they don't like stand out to me as an unbeatable kind of club as they've been sometimes in the past.
0: And well, along with that Gonsolin news on Thursday, we heard uh, Bruce bruised, bruised, is also hurt. Mm -hmm. I think it's been a, there was originally like a shoulder thing and now Now it's it's elbow elbow, um, so that's that's troublesome for that bullpen. That's not great news. Uh you know, they're trying different guys in there. Jake Reed was pitching against the Mets the other night. He was on the Mets not too long ago. Um, so uh Martin's been good for them. He's been a great Chris pickup. Martin, yeah. Yeah, he's man, he's been amazing actually. Um so who knows? The Dodgers always find a way to to get the most out of it.
1: Did you say they they, they, they signed Keone Keller today to a minor league contract? You know, the yeah, the former the former Rangers closer who's you know, been a non-factor for a couple of years now. But would it shock you if he turns into like a successful reclamation project?
0: We'll see. Uh, <laughs> one really interesting part of today's this is not a fantasy thing necessarily, but uh, so the Mets added Terrence Gore to their roster um, yesterday, uh, Wednesday, and all that dude does is steal bases. He's just a stolen base specialist. He actually stole a base today. Uh, He pinched ran um, for Vogel back (laughs) Um, and then stole second base promptly right after that. And yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that, you know, come postseason time, he's always on a roster because that's a skill that Mm -hmm. that teams need. And so uh, I'll be interested to see how that'll that'll turn out. But I think he's going to play certainly an important role uh, as we look here toward the postseason for the Mets. So we have a couple more minutes here. Uh, to get into some streaming pitchers. Uh, Drew, you want to get us started?
1: A couple that stand out to me, Michael Pineda uh, coming back against the Royals on Saturday. You know, his his ERA is not especially intriguing, but he has pitched well at times, pitched well in his rehab assignment. I think the, the Royals are a very gettable lineup right now. They've had some injuries um, that – that sticks out to me. It's in Detroit, too. And then Nick Lodolo against the Rockies. The Rockies going to Cincinnati. Lodolo's been a little bit up and down, but overall, I think the most successful of the Reds' young starters this year. I've been most impressed with him. Um, and if you get the Rockies out of Coors Field, that lineup looks pretty rough. And so I, I feel like those two are, are pretty good streaming candidates for Saturday.
0: So I'll go with Austin both against the A's on Saturday. Uh, peripheral wise, not super impressive, especially recently, but he has a 272 ERA over 12 starts and four relief appearances with the Orioles. Speaking of a team who somehow manages to get the most out of their talent, the Orioles mm. are managing to do that with their pitchers uh, this year, and pretty much anyone in their bullpen uh, turns to gold, but he's been a great pickup for them. Um, and, again, you're picking on the A's. They're just not a very good lineup at all. I'd yeah. even consider giving Spencer Watkins another try uh, on Sunday, also against the A's. He was tagged for five runs, I believe, it was against the Guardians earlier this week. Uh, but before that, Watkins was really solid. Again, not a good offense there with the A's. So I think you know, pick on the A's this weekend and, and uh, definitely stream those. Orioles starters who can get you some points.
1: Yeah, probably. Kyle Bradish with seven scoreless tonight, two hits allowed against the, the Guardians.
0: Nice. Nice. Yeah. Let's go. O's.
1: I'm into it, man. Yeah, we're we're both uh DMV natives.
0: Yes, yeah, that's right. That's true. Uh, but yeah, it's an exciting time for for Orioles fans. We'll see if it ends up with a playoff appearance, but even if it doesn't, there's just so much reason for uh Orioles fans to be excited. I think that's a good thing for for baseball. Yep. Um. Uh, that's all I got, Drew. Unless you got anything else.
1: Go Irish! Big game on Saturday. Oh, that's
0: right. Yes.
1: You don't have a college football team, do you?
0: I I don't. Yeah. I went to a Division three school, so I didn't York go to
1: University. Notre Dame.
0: <laughs> well, I know, but I never, I never really latched on with a, a college yeah. football team. I did watch a lot of Notre Dame as a kid because it was just on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I I might have put something on that game. Saturday On the Ohio day, right?
1: State side, yeah, Saturday no, night.
0: I I think I don't think that Ohio State's going to cover the points.
1: No, it's a, what is it? Seventeen?
0: It's seventeen. Yeah, right that's now.
1: big. Yeah, uh, I think
0: they'll make a game. I, I don't think they're going to win, but I think they'll make a game of
1: it. Well, that's all I. That's all I want. I a, a close loss. I'd be very happy with, and yeah, they too. could still run the table the rest of the. I think, man. I think that's the plan when they what this game. Is all right. We'll take like they they did this against Georgia a few years ago. All right, we'll take a bad loss early. Not a bad loss. It's a good loss early, and then we can yeah. still be a candidate for the college football playoffs.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely check it out. That uh, should be should be an exciting game. I think a lot of fireworks in that game. So Mizzou is I, on right
1: now. They're my other kind of I, team, just because my little brother went there. But
0: I, I saw that. So yeah, check out our Peacock game on on Sunday. Uh, Pirates of Blue Jays. Hey, the Blue Jays are still relevant for the postseason. You can also watch O'Neal Cruz. Hopefully. Uh, be in the lineup that day and maybe hit some rockets so that'll be fun too if you like what you're hearing with this show circling the bases make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and if you're listening on apple podcasts please rate and review if you don't mind five stars always appreciated follow us on twitter if you don't already i'm at dj short drew is at Drew still take care everyone we'll see you next time